This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach James. One, two, one, two. This is the Negro League Podcast. Go by the name of Preach Jacobs. We are back, and we are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to mobettersoul.bigcartel.com. Enter the code NEGRO to save 10% on your next order. Um, yeah, man, this is post-Thanksgiving. And to be honest with you, I'm so fucking sick of my Thanksgiving leftovers, which they are officially gone today, and I'm doing this on Friday. So this is... Not the Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, but like a week and a day. I've had nothing but Thanksgiving leftovers. So I was like, all right, let me see how far I can go without having to go buy food somewhere. You know what I mean? No Chipotle, no goddamn Chick-fil-A, no <laughs> no whatever. It's like, all right, let me go as far as possible eating these leftovers. And by the time the shit, this stuff was over, like I couldn't taste the food anymore. It was just muscle memory, which... I guess uh, it's just all you felt was texture. I guess that's like the the goal. Like if I can get if I can get food to just be <laughs> to taste like nothing, I eat nothing but healthy shit all the time. Like you can't taste it, might as well eat healthy. Fuck it, give me the kale. Um, yeah, man, it's it's been a it's been a week, man. It's it's, it's been I don't know. I tell you, the funny shit is the uh, Soulvember thing is almost over. It was technically for me, it's over tomorrow because tomorrow's December the first, but. I don't know if I want to stop. I don't know. It's, it's not. I don't know if it's like I'm gonna stop drinking altogether. I mean, it's just I don't necessarily have a desire for it right now, and I do feel different, right? Like I feel like um, I don't have as much anxiety, and I don't feel like I'm. I don't feel like I'm thinking about the alcohol, or I'm thinking clearly, or whatever. It could be the alcohol. It could be other shit that's going on. Who knows? Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. But. um yeah, there's a lot of shit that's been going on, and I'm trying to think. I know the big story in the hip hop community is uh, Takashi Six Nine and the racketeering charges, and 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 whether or not he's going to spend life in prison. Um, I feel weird about it. I feel like it's a few things that that bother me about it. It's kind of like you know we were saying on a few podcasts ago when we were talking about the. The Kanye shit dealing with uh, that song, I love it, but they had like the big shoulder pads and shit like that on there. And he's like, <laughs> I forgot the guy's name, but he was rapping with, but I guess that's the point. But it's like the comment that I kind of made was it's like, you know, it's weird that like you have like OGs in the game because Kanye is over 40 doing like a bunch of reckless shit with, with a young dude. And it's like, yo, that doesn't sound like leadership. Like, you feel like the OGs in the game are supposed to be the ones that are supposed to lift these niggas up. Like, you know, make their sound be more sophisticated or, or give them some game. And I apply that same thing to Takashi. Like, there was no OGs that worked with him that were getting him off that ledge that he was on, right? It's like, then you just realize, like, niggas really just don't care about him. So it's like, you know... Uh, um, apparently Nikki got two songs with him 
and and there's another song with Nicki and like Kanye and Takashi, and it's just like I don't like the records. I mean that's that that's not really the point where I'm going to, going at, but it's just like it feels weird as reckless as this dude was. Like he was just attracting so much shit, whether it was the the sexual assault charges or or the sexual endangerment of a minor when the girl was 13 and I think he was 17. I don't know, but it's like it was so much smoke that it got to be fire, right? It's like he doesn't know how to chill the fuck out and shut the fuck up. And it, and and he was really reckless with it, like, you know, telling grown men to suck your dick on a regular basis. It's just like, I don't know. The person I, I kind of laugh at the most about this shit is probably 50 because, like, 50 seemed to be encouraging him the most. And I and I think that 50 saw a lot of himself in 6ix9ine. But the thing about it is, man, we could say what we want about 50. 50... 50 would say what he want about people, but 50 didn't feel reckless. You know what I'm saying? Like, 50 never seemed reckless. Like, 50, for whatever it's worth, is a brilliant businessman, and he seems extremely calculated. And so I remember when when 6ix9ine got knocked, and it was announced that it was the, the Rico charges and the racketeering charges, like, 50 is making jokes about it on his Instagram page. And it's just like, yo, that lets you know people really don't care about 6ix9ine. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you get knocked and it's like, you know, you might be facing life in prison, why are you going to make jokes on Instagram? And that kind of just proves it to me. It's like, yeah, it was just something fun. Like, I don't think 50 kind of took it seriously. I mean, I'm not saying he's happy that the kid is in trouble or anything like that, but you just kind of just realize that a lot of these OGs that were behind 6ix9ine, it wasn't to give him guidance. You know what I'm saying? And it just felt like a really kind of sad tale, right? And it's like... I don't want to be the guy that says he got what he deserves or that type of thing. I mean, he was extremely reckless. He was extremely reckless. I, I feel at some point in time when you're making that much money, you got that many people surrounding you, there needs to be somebody that's going to pull you to the side and be like, yo, nigga, chill the fuck out. And it sucks because I think that there's a lot of people that they were afraid that if they said something, they wouldn't be on the money train anymore, right? That's why I kind of felt like when situations like that kind of happens, you got to get a nigga that is there or above them to say something. Like, that's my Michael Jackson theory, right? It's like the biggest issue, you know, when people were talking about how Michael Jackson died, this is just simply how I put the Michael Jackson death, right? He died because... Uh, his his doctor gave him a prescription of drugs that he shouldn't have given him. You know what I'm saying? And Michael Jackson was like 106 pounds. You know what I mean? And this guy was giving him drugs that Michael was taking that's probably just too much for him. And the way I kind of rationalize it in my head is like, yo, this guy's just a regular-ass doctor. And in his mind, he probably said, if I don't give this to him, he's going to go to somebody else. Like, what doctor is not going to give Michael Jackson what he wants, right? And so, you know, I know he had an ethical code and he had kind of an obligation, that kind of had an obligation to not do that. But that's the pressure that he was on, right? Like, that's what he was thinking to himself was just like, yo, you know, there's prestige of having Michael Jackson as your patient and all this crazy shit. And I feel the same way when when Michael was, was going through his stuff. I'm like, you can't be just a regular ass bass player to call Michael out. Like, Paul McCartney had to call him out. Quincy Jones had to call him out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it had to be people of that elk for him to listen to it because anybody else would be afraid that they're going to lose an opportunity to keep fucking with him. And I think that's what happened with 6ix9ine is that he was surrounded by a bunch of people that needed him. And it's just like, you know, 6ix9ine wasn't 
the person to go into battle with. You know what I'm saying? You know, you you follow your general, but like if your general is just like picking fights and starting unnecessary wars, that's not cool. And I think that's essentially what happened with him. So I don't know how I feel about it, man. I feel like there's a lot of hip hop in his story, right? It's like we can't get mad about the drug culture of rap music. Like there was always drugs and rap, but like the drugs now is kind of like the users, right? It's like people taking pills, people talking about Molly, people doing all this crazy shit, right? Like Percocet, Percocet. Like, like we, we, we talk about that shit and we laugh at it, but it's just like we can't get mad at the younger generation for doing that if we're not acknowledging the generation prior to that full of hip-hop drug sellers. So like the drug culture shifted from the sellers to the users, and I kind of blame the older generation because we should have been the ones, and I say we kind of in quotations because I'm still, I think I'm kind of young, but it's like the previous generation should have schooled the new kids and, and that just didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas never gave game to the young kids and that's kind of why a lot of these kids now, they're so reckless. <clears throat> and so when they make it, they be like, man, y'all ain't tell me shit. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't guide me. Y'all ain't give me no game. You know what I'm saying? It's like... So in a weird way, as reckless as, as Sakashi is, I feel like that's what the culture kind of developed. That's what the culture did. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we're all kind of complicit in in these motherfuckers just wilding out. Period. You know what I'm saying? And and, and so think about it like this: you got an older generation that that hates anything that's new, that didn't help young kids do their thing because you know we're so stuck in a past generation of if it don't sound like gangstar we're not trying to fuck with it so you have a lot of these kids that are self-made you know what i mean like ever since like soldier boy like you know making beats on his on his computer and, and he made something out of himself like there's a lot of young cats that do that and if and to his credit i feel like six nine is that guy too where he wasn't going through the traditional avenues he was making shit with his crew and he created something without the traditional help, you know what I mean? And I don't know, it's 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 kind of sad. That's no, not kind of, it's really sad. And it's like, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to write something about this and I'm trying to work it out, I guess, in my head about what I want to say. I don't know exactly what I want to say. Um, but I do feel like whatever I'm going to write is going to be about the situation and the, uh, the six nine shit is gonna be the catalyst of whatever I talk about. Um so yeah, there that go. Um I mean fuck, what that what else has been going on, man? Like I I've been really, really kind of just away from everything. Like it might be part depression. <laughs> right? Like it's weird because like usually like there's an overt level of anxiety that kind of lets me know that something's off, right? Like I'll wake up every morning and it's like you're shaking, you know what I mean? Like you're feeling awkward, you're feeling weird. And I, and somebody posted up, some comedian, ironically, this comedian that's on the Food Network, and I was on an episode of the show called Ginormous Foods, and um, he looks like Seth Rogen, like just like him. Um, but he posted this clip from South Park, and South Park was, was doing this episode about you know, Cartman had anxiety because he went to see a psychologist, and he's like, what's that? And the psychologist like, oh, it's just like a disorder that gives you an excuse to treat people like shit. And and the comedian guy is like posting like, yeah, I agree. And South Park is so on point. And it's like, man, 
I understand South Park makes their living and making fun of everybody. That's that's kind of I don't get offended by any of these guys, and it's funny because the show's been going for twenty years. I I stopped watching it. You know, that's not saying anything bad. It's just it's so much shit to watch and pay attention to. It's like I know what they're going to do, but it's just like there's a level of of people kind of um, discrediting the idea of extreme anxiety, and I'm telling you, dog, that shit is real, right? Like. There was something that happened in the NBA where Kevin Love wrote an article to the to the Players Tribune of when they described the feeling before the heart attack is exactly how people feel when they have a panic attack. Like we imagine millionaire and you got a player staff and all this type of stuff helping you out. Like, you know, there's there's help on the go, you can, right? Hence, I think that's kind of one of the side things of the Silvember thing. It was kind of cool because it's like, I don't know if I said this before, but it was like I didn't feel like I necessarily had a drinking problem. So have a drink. He says, but if you don't want to have a drink and you set up some time to stop drinking and then you can't do that, that's when you know you have a problem, right? It's, it's, it's real. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, well, what can I do to control this situation? Like, man, I, and especially black men, right? We got our three most important things. We got our, our, our health. Like, we got to be able to take care of ourselves, right? And it's just like... I, sometimes I feel like I'm striking out on all three, <laughs> right? It's like you're trying to fight to get your credit score back up, and it's like, and it's like it becomes stressful. It's like nothing gets more stressful to a man that's struggling than the holidays, right? It's like <laughs> you try to like get in a fight with your girl or some shit right before Christmas, so she hates your ass during Christmas just so you don't have to buy her something. But then you get scared because, like, somebody else might be, like, <laughs> dropping dick off. <laughs> dropping off, you know? But it's 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 real, man. It's, it's, it's real. Like, I don't know. Like, I had a real crazy year, man. Like, emotionally. Like, I, I really, I really, really, really want to fix a lot of this shit. And I guess fixing a lot of shit, man, you got to kind of, like, have addition by subtraction. It's like... Take certain shit out your life. Take certain people out your life. You know, I don't want to sound like an Instagram meme, right? Because it's like, there's like two Instagram memers that drive me crazy, right? Or Instagrammers that drive me crazy. It's the people that that um, travel all the time and they take all these pictures and they're trying to show off like how fun it is and how happy they are. I don't believe it. Because anytime I'm having a great time, I forget to take pictures, right? I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't post this up. You know what I mean? I, I swear to God, like I saw this one time. I, I'm at I'm DJing a, a house party, right? And there's these three women sitting on a chair. And I'll shit you not. The three women sitting on the chair, they they just was sitting. They looked bored as fuck, you know, and maybe that was my fault for what, what I was playing. It's like, who the fuck is Fella Cootie? Anyways, I'm joking. But like they sitting on the, <laughs> they sitting on the chair and they look like they're just not having a good time, right? Then one of them pull out their phone. And they start Snapchatting, right? For like 10 seconds, they do a Snapchat thing. And they dance. And like, ah, ah, yeah, oh, yeah, it's lit. And then once they post a video, they go back to looking like they're dead again. That's how I feel about this shit, right? And so it's like the people that post all this stuff, and it's like, <laughs> Joe Budden made a comment talking about all these girls. There's no furniture. <laughs> it's just like, there's no paintings on the wall. Like, like they're probably some random hotel room where it's like a little section of their homes, you know, just showing off or trying to like show like, yo, I'm happier than what I am, you know. And then um, the other people that always have like these quotes where they talk about who they're not. 
well, I'm not, blah, 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 and I'm dissing, dissing, you know, and I'm not dissing women because, like, niggas do this shit too, you know what I mean? But it's just, like, nothing comes off more insecure than that. It's like Shakespeare had this quote that said, every fool in error can find a Bible quote to back him up. Well, every nigga that's insecure can find a meme to make them feel better. Like, that shit is just true, <laughs> right? And so, um, you know, addition by subtraction, it's like, all right, let me fall back from the social media shit a little bit. You know, and like certain stuff that you want to be able to do that 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 are things that help heal, they cost money, right? So I want to go in the studio, I want to record, I want to do this, I want to do that. Like, nah, it's like, but I do feel like I have to create, and I feel like that's that's in between me and depression. Like that's the shit that protects me from depression is creating. So if that means doing a podcast, only two of y'all listen to, hey mama, or or trying to do creative shit in my community, whether it's an art show or DJ or something, or write, I don't know. But but that is my secret, you know? Like, I have to be active. I have to be active. I have to do stuff. And it's like, that was a funny thing about, like, the last podcast, and I was talking about when I was sick, because when you can't move, that shit is all in your head. Like, you can't move. You can't, you can't run away from yourself. You can't distract yourself. You're just there, right? So, I don't know. So it's like, you know, the month, the, the, the year is almost out. And it's just like, what's some of the reflections, right? Like, what's some of the things to, to be proud of? What's some of the things to, to work on, you know? I had tons of relationships I need to work on, right? It's like, I don't know. I should I reach out to my brother more? I don't talk to him as much as I should. What's up, Ambush? Um... But it's just like, man, I want to make a list of things that I just want to try better at. You know what I mean? Because you, you you find yourself communicate with your peoples for a little bit, and then it's just you just disappear. The next thing you know, you like you ain't talked to a nigga in three months, and it's like, oh, how did this happen, right? And it's never like a big cuss out, you know. You fall off fall off the earth with them. It's just like it just happens, right? Ugh. I want to make some new shit, man. I got some new music I'm working on. Um, I can't wait to share that shit with y'all, man. Hopefully, uh, I can put some stuff out soon and uh, get on the road and do some stuff because I fucking need it, man. But, um, yeah, this anxiety shit is real, bro. This anxiety shit is real. Um, and I think it done with this and take my ass to the gym. Like, <laughs> speaking of the holidays, like, the, the you want to you wanna be insecure about, <laughs> about how you look, go see Creed 2. <laughs> That shit would make you cut carbs out like a motherfucker. But um, yeah, Creed 2 was dope. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I think that's the last movie I saw. There's nothing else that I've seen. Um, any TV shows, anything? I don't know, man. I got to spend watching Bob's Burgers. Like, just just random shit. Um, Michelle Obama's book is out. I haven't gotten a chance to to go through it. I had the audio book. But like every time I go to the gym, it's not, you know, it's not motivating me to, to work out. Like, because I want to sit and listen to her. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just want to be like, oh, wow, the queen is speaking, you know. But um, I guess I'll get through that, too. And um, for everybody wondering about what they're going to get for Christmas, that's what y'all getting. <laughs> all the people that's on the Christmas list, y'all getting the Obama book. Y'all getting the Michelle Obama book. Um, I can't wait for Barack to come out with his. I hope he drops some motherfucking dimes on that shit. Nick, uh, I hope. I can't wait. I hope he. I hope he says "motherfucker" in his book at least a dozen times, because he deserves it. 
right? He, he, we, we should give him honorary motherfuckers, and we shouldn't hold anything against him. Um, the Mola Probe, man. That's all I got to say, man. It's, it's looking like it's getting really funky. I'm getting excited, so maybe we will get a Christmas gift of, of getting 45 out of the office. Um, new music. Crit put out another couple of records that are really dope. Um, Alchemist put out a record that I'm probably going to listen to at the gym. And then we got... Uh, who else just came out? Yeah, yeah, the Meat Mill record. Jay put a verse on there that's pretty fucking crazy. Um, that shit is really crazy. So if y'all haven't listened to the new Meat Mill album, go find that record with uh, Meat Mill, Rick Ross, and Jay. And that shit is pretty jamming. Um, man, fuck this shit, man. I think that's it. This is gonna be a short episode. Fuck this shit, fuck this shit, fuck this shit. Um, this will be the official first day that I need to go get some food from somewhere because I am totally out of this cold turkey. And yeah, that sounds about right. Um, once again, thank y'all for listening to the Negro League Podcast. I'll talk to y'all next week, man. Have a good one. Peace. Yeah. I'll be